0: Hello and welcome to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host Joe Monday, and this is the podcast where we talk about what's been going on, on the front page of our Street Fighter, or just the FGC in general, Street Fighter related topics. What's good? Uh, I have a very special guest today, though, uh, someone who I'm looking forward to learning a lot from to you know, just better my life experience, maybe. Uh, Doctor Kate McGee, physical therapist. What's up?
1: Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on.
0: I am very excited for this topic because it's something that I I feel like it's one of those things where people don't often think about the repercussions of like our health every day, like especially like people who play games. You think, how could I possibly be injured playing video games? That's crazy, uh, <laughs> but there's like very real risks that, that come into play when talking about your physical health and playing games for a for a living or even just as a as many people in the fgc just like a, a hobby that you put a lot of time into per se
1: yeah for sure and on top of that there is all the ways that what you're doing outside of your time gaming is going to affect your time in gaming um, there's all the ways that your physical health affects your ability to play at a top tier mm-hmm. um, or even to play at a Tier that is acceptable to you against your friends and not be horrifically shamed by being the worst amongst them which is my usual goal when i'm playing
0: (laughs) all right i I very nearly introduced myself as as dr joe monday uh (laughs) doctor of science because i i heard that you have to say what doctor you are once you (laughs) become doctor otherwise the, (laughs) the mds get mad apparently
1: uh, so I know at least, at least for physical therapists, we have to introduce, if we're introducing ourselves as doctor, we have to clarify that our doctorate is physical therapy. Uh, that's mostly a, a, it's mostly a way of making sure that patients don't get confused about who's doing what I think. Um, and certainly have a good deal of respect for all the MDs I work with. So I'm, I'm more than happy to clarify that I am, I am a physical therapist doctor, not a standard broad spectrum medical doctor.
0: Well, I'm a fighting and game doctor and I'm going to teach you how to block today uh, <laughs> or the best hmm,
1: kind of doctor
0: yeah i'm gonna need to i'm gonna need to work on my introduction uh, you
1: gotta work on that tagline a little bit i
0: i can write you scripts uh but the the only thing i can prescribe you is l's and you have to hold them you take <laughs> there you we take, go you have to hold them to your chest uh that's how you take them there Or we go. uh or as a I'm trying to remember the doctor word for in the bum, but I can't remember it right now. <laughs> I know That's that like there's, yeah, isn't it what it? Or it's a suppository. It's a suppository. Yes, per
1: rectum. It, you take it per rectum by the rectum.
0: Okay, cool. R- Rad. Uh, I'm glad I got a doctor to say that on this podcast. Uh, I, I Not
1: technically my area of practice, not something I work with routinely, but I do know the medical terms for it. Thank
0: I, you. I apologize profusely but (laughs) once I'm done apologizing uh, I like to give my guests a space at the beginning of the show so people can't avoid it at the end of the show uh, to promote whatever they have going on so if uh, tell people where they can follow you or what you have uh, that's you know, you might be working on right now, or something you want to direct people towards. This is the time to do it.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, so, I'm part of a group called 1HP. Um, it's myself, some other physical therapists, uh, and other sports med professionals. Uh, we all work on helping players play more and hurt less. We're pretty active on Twitter. I'm on there as Kate McGee PT. Um, it's spelled C A I T. Yes, I know there's 20 different ways to spell Caitlin. Uh, my main partner at the company is Matt Wu who's at HP for Gamers, Uh, and together we kind of started up a whole 1HP shebang. We also have a YouTube channel, which I think is probably going to get linked in here. We have a website, 1-HP.org. We do have a Patreon if you feel like really supporting us, Uh, but honestly, all of our articles and guides are eventually made um, free and available to the public. It's just that Patreon subscribers usually get two-week to three-week head start on all the super cool stuff, including, like, how to sleep better, which is surprisingly necessary despite the fact that we've all been doing it for most of our lives we can do it better than we're currently doing more often than not
0: i am pretty i'm I'm gonna be honest with you i'm pretty shit at sleeping
1: it's okay (laughs) you can improve i I, believe in you
0: I hope so. Uh, I did read that article and I kind of want to talk about it a little bit because sure. that's that's maybe the most uh, pressing topic. But also, I want to let people know that if you want to find any of those links, they'll be in the, the show notes. I'll hit you up for that Patreon link um, after the show because I didn't realize that you had a Patreon. Uh, I'd be happy to support you. Um, awesome. Thank you. But And just for anybody out there who it has the availability to or, or the offer to, I'd I would recommend it. But anyway, not important. Uh, I mean, it's kind of important. Regardless, (laughs) here to talk about sleep. Uh, Today, you're the sleep doctor. Or at least for right now, you're the sleep doctor. All Uh, Help me with sleep. I'm so tired all the time. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) I I mean, even... uh, So take last night, for example. I took your advice. Because something in this article that I feel like is maybe the most important, uh, or maybe the most pressing to people who are... You know, online a lot, or people who uh, have a just people who are online a lot. I'm a person who's online. I exist on the internet as a couple different entities. But anyway, I like to be on my phone. I like to see light before I go to bed. But something that's important is to turn off the phone. Now, why might that be?
1: So, think way back when before we had phones, before we had. The interwebs. I can't.
0: Re- well, I, actually, I was going to say you I totally can't. Remember can. that you are time. just
1: barely old enough to remember that time because I am too. <laughs> yeah,
0: <but laughs> I was going to say I can't, but then I'm like, actually, I totally can. Uh, it's just a lot of <laughs> listeners probably won't be able to know that. Oh, time, that's
1: true. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I have, I have patients right now who were born after 9 11, and I'm t- mildly awestruck by a, this. That's They're a legal thing. adults. <laughs> there are legal adults who were born after then. Anyway, before, before phones, before even artificial light, Uh, our bodies uh, kind of took their cues on when we're supposed to be awake and when we're supposed to be asleep from light. And that kind of never changed. We've never actually stopped using light as our primary cue of this is the sleep time, this is the wake time, which is why, for example, third shift workers, folks who work overnights, to work who work night shifts, um, do have more disruptive sleeping patterns um, than do folks who sleep when it's dark out. Because something ancient and biological within us is like, aha, there is no sun. I sleep now. That's how this works. (laughs) Um, So when we're using these artificial light sources, sure, they're not the sun, but our body still interprets that light the same way. There's light. I should be awake or I don't need to be looking at falling asleep yet because nothing's getting dimmer. Um, If you think about the end of a day, uh, you'll have sun starts to fade Things go to dusk, they start getting dimmer, and then they get dark. Um, And you don't go to bed as soon as it gets dark. You don't feel sleepy necessarily as soon as it gets dark. But a couple hours afterwards is usually when reasonable folks are supposed to be heading to bed if we're being responsible adults and not trying to grind out of silver i was Um, gonna
0: say i've seen a lot of my streamers uh stream friends who are specifically on the west coast by the time when i wake up i i look at the the twitter.com they're like that was a great stream good job folks and i'm like what the fuck are you doing with your lives (laughs) i cannot track with this
1: Yeah. So there's Uh, there's two things to consider here. One is that you can absolutely offset your sleep cycle. So it's not perfectly corresponding with, you know, a a day night cycle. Mm -hmm. That being said, the easiest thing to give your body the cues is is that regular day night cycle. And you do have to pay attention to when and kind of how you're getting your light sources. Uh, So if you've got your phone on right up until the minute that you close your eyes and try and fall asleep, your body is getting a constant input that this is a time I'm supposed to be awake, 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 suppress melatonin production. Uh uh-huh. melatonin is the sleep hormone, lots of people know that. Um it's it's what causes you to feel sleepy and drowsy and like you'll want to go to bed. Um it is uh, it's its production is inhibited when there's light and its production is boosted when it's dark out, which is how that whole circadian rhythm thing works, right? It's getting dark, aha, melatonin production. I feel sleepy, I go to bed. Um if you've got that light source on right before you go to bed, there is no melatonin being produced. So you might be starting to feel fatigue indicators, you know, your body is is tired, your brain has been on for too long without rest, but you're not necessarily getting that melatonin production that kind of really helps cue things into um, a quieting or slowing cycle, you know, your heart rate slowing, your blood pressure lowering, your temperature changing uh, and getting cooler. Uh, all of those things are impacted by melatonin production and light inhibits that melatonin production. <laughs> I really Phones should be down, like it, all all artificial light sources except for like you know lamps. Um, you know, so off your computer, off your phone, off your TV. Uh, the research suggests two hours before you're trying to fall asleep. I can tell you, I feel miserably at that. I have never in my life managed to get off of screens two hours <laughs> before bedtime. Um, that being yeah, said,
0: that's that's just rough. That's rough. As,
1: as with any of the things that you can do that are good for your health um doing some is still better than doing none so turning off your phone half an hour before you go to bed is still better than not turning it off at all until you go to sleep um if you can give yourself that full two hours great and i applaud you and you have more self-control than i do if you can't manage the full two hours that's okay you're still going to get better sleep than probably you're currently getting if you start implementing a cutoff time before you go to bed that your phone goes off that your screens go off
0: we're not here to judge you if you can't meet the doctor recommended times because uh, the well, doctor
1: can't meet the doctor recommended times well Kate can't
0: can't can't make you feel bad I can certainly judge you because I uh, I'm not bound by these doctor laws okay I can I can judge you all I want put your phone away uh, but no <laughs> I did, I did this the other night I just put my phone away I didn't even look at it. Uh, for roughly forty-five ish minutes before going to bed, and, and I mean that didn't help because there was there were there were other things that happened. <laughs> uh, I, just the way that my life is right now does just not doesn't allow me to sleep. The with the dog and the wife working late hours in in this particular season, it's just been like she came home at three a.m. And she wasn't even part. She was working until 3 a.m. It's fucking wild. I, I and then feel she very was, sad for her. I know. I do, too. Like, she needs this advice more than I do, to be quite honest. Uh, and I hope that she can get her rest maybe tonight. But she also has to work tomorrow, even though it's a Saturday for anyone who's listening to the show on Thursday. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, but so one regardless. Of the nice,
1: one of the nice things to keep in mind, too, is that one of the one of the best things you can do for your sleep is to set habits or routines or patterns Mm -hmm. not because they are magically going to fix your sleep but because there are only so many things about your your sleep patterns that you can control there Mm -hmm. are absolutely always going to be things that are out of your control travel jet lag roommates pets kids um Mm -hmm. work emergencies there's plenty of things that that aren't controllables What you should do is control the things you can, control the controllables. Um, In this case, things like when your screens go off and when your phone goes down, things like what the temperature of your room is, things like how much caffeine and how much alcohol and when you're drinking caffeine and alcohol, how much exercise, what type of exercise, when you're exercising, if you're exercising, what you do when you wake up, what you do when you go to sleep. Um, You can control those things. And that doesn't mean you have to change and control every single one of them all at once. In fact, trying to change and control every single one of them all at once is probably going to result in you failing, giving up, and going back to sleeping badly. Mm -hmm. Um, So try, if you want to change your sleep habits, try implementing one thing at a time. Try the phone down 45 minutes before you go to bed and do that consistently for like a week, two weeks until it becomes easy and habitual. Um, And then try something like when you wake up in the morning, you do three stretches or you go for a walk, or you do some yoga, or you sit and you meditate, or you write down three things you're grateful for. Pick something that is part of your morning routine. Start building kind of what your morning and what your evening looks like. Give yourself that structure on the the beginning and end of your sleep, uh, and that will give you two benefits. One, it will make it easier when you're trying to fall asleep because you've given your brain this cue of this is this is the thing I do that leads up to sleep. It starts to to get your body into that. Uh, It gives you an external cue for your circadian rhythm that isn't just light. Um, And in the morning, it starts to cue you into, this is the time when I'm awake. Brain turns on. I function now. Um, And yes, caffeine can be a part of that. Brain turns on and functions now. Absolutely. Uh, But uh, the important part is that you find a pattern that works for you and that is sustainable for you. That way, when you're in a situation where, say, you get in late to your tournament, you've got 10 a.m. pools. And you know, you're not going to get the usual eight hours of sleep your body is used to and would like to get. Um, so you do your evening routine so that you fall asleep as fast as you possibly can. And then in the morning when you're waking up far earlier than you would like to based on the time you actually got to go to bed, you do your morning routine, which cues your body into the starting to wake up pattern rather than kind of groggily shuffling through and just barely making it to pools before you get dq
0: you have made a perfect transition for me because I will say that the the article that is listed, it'll be linked in the show notes. It, it recommends a ton of things that you can add to the beginning uh, of your sleep and the, the end of your sleep, which I recommend people check out. But specifically for the FGC, something that you mentioned, there's a lot of travel involved. There's a lot of sleeping in places that we're not familiar with and a lot of time zones that are different from what our bodies might not be used to. Uh, And is there anything specifically that someone can do when they are traveling or something that you might suggest that you know, could get us in a better habit versus like staying in the 24 hour <laughs> room playing matches <laughs> until 4am and then just rolling into your, your later pools. And what does that do to our brains when it comes to, uh, trying to be competitive when we do, uh, starve ourselves of, of sleep and melatonin? Uh,
1: so to start with uh, the, the ideal and optimal thing that we would all be able to do for travel, for travel would be, uh, two weeks before we are playing in a new time zone, we're able to go there and let our bodies adjust. That's happening for like literally none of us. Uh, yeah, we all have. We all have jobs. We kind <laughs> so. of have jobs. Maybe a couple of elite teams are able to like boot camp locally, and like that's not even really an FGC thing. That's like CS:GO and Dota. Yeah. Um, all of us normal folks are dealing with flight delays, visa issues, time zone changes, and tournament schedules that we can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Like I mentioned, having those routines as an external cue for your body, um, using not only light and darkness as one of your external cues, but also food. Um, your mm-hmm. meal times can really help you with your circadian rhythm. So, if your body is used to eating something, you know, maybe maybe you don't eat breakfast. Totally fine, no judgment there. Maybe you just eat lunch around noonish and you have dinner around like I don't know sixish or so. When you get to your new time zone, um, say it's ten o'clock when you land and you're hungry. Rather than eating then and there, wait until noon. Eat yourself a nice hearty lunch like you normally would. Uh, and then at six, eat yourself a nice hearty dinner like you usually would. Start to get your body in the cycle of, ah, these are the meal times. I can structure myself around them. Um, your body likes simple cues. Food and light are nice and simple. Um, you can also use kind of that light darkness cue while you're, while you're in, in transit even, right? You can use earplugs, you can use headphones, you can use um, masks. Um, to help you sleep either on the plane um, or in the new place that you are, if, you know, you're falling asleep at an unusual time or if you're falling asleep in a room filled with other folks because all the hotels are overpriced and the ones that were close by were overbooked and the only way that you could get there is three of you sleep on the floor. I've done that. Um <laughs>
0: Is what it is, man. That's the FGC. It is.
1: Sometimes sometimes that's a thing you can't control. That's a way that you are going to play the game, and that's the only way you're going to be able to play the game. So control the controllables. Give yourself a way to shut out noise and shut out light. Um, And all of a sudden, your sleep is going to be a little bit better. Now, I readily acknowledge that a good deal of us go to tournaments... Uh, hoping to do nothing more than not go 0 oh and 2 in pools, or maybe not even that, just to, like hang out with friends, have fun, go to a place with people who do the same thing that we love to do.
2: Yeah, it's and not. And if that's what you're all... going for, yeah,
1: I'm never going to judge you for the, you know doing the 24 seven. Like, if it's available, and you know this is like your mini vacation, like enjoy it. You can you can absolutely catch up on your sleep. Um, you'll be groggier when you're playing your competitive stuff. You probably won't have you know kind of the same reaction times that you would otherwise. But if you are here for fun, fuck it, have fun. Don't like, you know, don't don't tie yourself to a performance model just because you think that's what you're supposed to do when you're at a tournament. If you're at a tournament, have fun, have fun. Unless if, however, you want to be competitive. If you want to be competitive, then you got to start paying attention to how sleep can impact that. Um, and there's kind of, there's a couple big categories to pay attention to. One being brain function, the other being body function. Um, so there is, there's two big categories of sleep. There is REM sleep, rapid eye movement, and non-REM sleep, non-rapid eye movement, because we're not very creative with how we name the two phases of sleep. REM sleep is the one where you're dreaming and active, and um, if you sleepwalk, that's probably when you're sleepwalking. Um, Non-REM sleep is no less important than REM sleep, and there's kind of different, from different phases of lighter to deeper sleep, and all of them are important. Uh, what we know is that uh, your brain functions better Um, when it's getting both REM and non-REM sleep. So you're needing to be able to give yourself uh, enough time that you're going all the way down to the deepest levels of your sleep cycle and then all the way back up. Uh, So phases one, two, and then three to four, and then back up again. And then once you get to back up again, that's when you've got uh, REM sleep starting up. It cycles in about a 90 to 120 minute or so cycle thereabouts. Uh, So like quick little sleep hack, if you've got short amounts of time that you're available to sleep, or that you're able to sleep sleeping an hour and a half increments are probably your best bet um so three hours four and a half hours six hours rather than like seven five because that's going to mean you're waking up at the end of one of your sleep cycles and so you're going to be a little less groggy when you do wake up hmm. um, interesting yep but within your sleep different sleep phases there are different benefits um so non-run sleep stage one which is your lightest stage um, that's, that's mostly designed to get you transitioning to those deeper later phases of sleep. Um, stage two is when you have memory consolidation. So when you take what you've learned and what your brain has had input throughout the day and synthesize it into something that's useful and get rid of the things that aren't useful, basically keep the useful, disregard the extraneous information. Um, stage three is super important for physical function. That's when human growth hormone is released to repair muscles, uh, and that's when super important for tournaments. Your immune system gets repaired, so you don't get like the sickness or whatever yeah. named tournament flu you're getting. The and Ebola. Then sleep that the, the Ebola. God, I'm not looking forward to whatever it's going to be for Pax East. Probably oh, yeah. coronavirus. Um, Mm, mm, We'll (laughs) see (laughs) But actually (laughs) I'm (laughs) only partly joking Uh, But then for REM sleep That part's also important for the brain Because that's when your new memories form And uh, it's also when you get some central nervous system Stimulus So all of those sleep phases are necessary For both brain and physical function Mm. Uh, We know that sleep impacts Things like attention and reaction time Mostly because research shows us What happens when you don't get enough sleep um, the networks of your brain, the ones that regulate attention, um, they don't do as much to regulate. So instead, you're kind of getting bombarded by more signals and not able to take in. These are the ones that are relevant and important to pay attention to. These are the ones I can disregard. Um, so something like this is the in-game noise I need to hear. This is all the crowd noise that I can't get out of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. those those prefrontal and parietal um, networks are, are important for regulating your attention in that regard. Interesting. Sorry or, if you hear even... weird jumping noises my cat is pouncing on my microphone.
0: No, that's acceptable. What's the cat's name? You have to tell me. You have to tell uh, me. Cat... That's podcast law.
1: The cat's name is Kudaloon. She is named after a female Mongolian warrior who refused to get married unless her suitor could out wrestle her. Wow. I thought it was appropriate for a cat.
0: That is I like that lore. Wow, you came in with a hot answer. I'm down with that. <laughs> Koodaloon?
1: Koodaloon. Koodaloon's got depth.
0: I'll wrestle that cat.
1: <laughs> I totally I'll think it would.
0: Probably not. Probably not. I don't have a good track record against cats, so that's, you know. <laughs> The, the record is against me i go i'm on two as it is uh but as you're saying though uh getting good sleep can help you like read your opponent even or okay. have faster reactions and be able to pay attention to things that your opponent is doing so that you can exploit them all it's of also, these things that fighting it's also really need.
1: important for uh regulating your emotions um very important in fighting games yes when you sleep uh, kind of that that human growth hormone, among other hormones, helps to regulate cortisol production and the volume of cortisol in your body, cortisol being the stress hormone. Now, we want some level of stress hormone. We want you know our reactions to be finely tuned. We want our heart rate and our, our blood pressure up a little bit when we're playing um, to make sure that we're getting adequate blood perfusion to muscles. But we don't want it going so high that it's becoming distracting, that our our grip is becoming impaired, that we're sweating. Um, All of those things can happen when your cortisol levels are too high. So kind of that balanced regulation, that depends on getting good sleep as well. Uh, And then there's the components of physical function, right? There's your your speed, your reaction time, your accuracy, and your reflexes. Um, all of those have been shown by research um, to improve with adequate sleep and to worsen with inadequate sleep. Um, your reaction times will be slower and your movements will be less accurate and less precise. That is confirmed by science if you are not getting good sleep.
0: That's science fact. Listen in to the doctor of science. Me, not Kate. <laughs> She's not the
1: doctor of science.
0: <laughs> legally. Um, cool. Oh, shit. Never mind, you're good. All right. so I, th- I thought something happened, but we're good.
2: <laughs> all right, I'll
0: let it that one out for sure. Winky face, absolutely not. <laughs> go, all right, go ahead. Sorry for the, pardon the interruption.
1: No worries. Um, so that's that's kind of why it's relevant. If you are trying to compete at a high tier tournament, for for you to pay attention to your sleep. Um, I would never tell you that you absolutely cannot go and do the twenty four seven thing because, like hell, it's fun. And that's part of why you go to a tournament. But if you're there to to make money, if you're there because this is your job, if you're there because you want to get sponsors or get on a team or get results or, you know, get Capcom Cup points, um, then you need to pay attention to what you're doing to impact your sleep, um, which starts not even at the tournament. It starts with establishing habits and routines at home.
0: Cool. Uh, And there are also, are there any, like, supplements I could take? Should I take HGH? straight to the straight (laughs) to the bloodstream
1: please please do not inject human growth hormone that's what kate said on this podcast i'm pretty sure
0: that's what you said that i need the hgh in me so i should just
1: sleep take it (laughs) right by sleeping (laughs) all right don't do drugs kids (laughs) so when it comes to supplementing um there As are like, there rule, are actual
0: supplements that maybe you yeah. should want to take. I'm, there, there's, I mean, I just but can there is useful. good advice to have yes. here.
1: <laughs> there are ones that can be useful and there are ones that aren't so much. Um, most folks, most healthy folks, um, most of us in a Western world eating, you know, foods that have, um, yes, have been processed, but also like have added nutrients. Uh, most of us do not need supplements of any kind, not even a multivitamin, um, mm-hmm. unless you eat like literally no vegetables, in which case eat your vegetables. That's better than taking supplements. Um Eat your vegetables,
0: kids. Eat your (laughs) broccoli. uh, The
1: the one that we should probably mention in the context of sleep is melatonin. You can take a melatonin supplement. Um, For some people, melatonin supplements are helpful for sleep quality um, and for duration, the same way that the melatonin you produce naturally is. Um, So you Mm -hmm. can supplement your body's own melatonin production. It can't stand in for melatonin production, but it can help. Um, And uh, in the words of Ina Garten, who is a fairly famous chef on Food Network, if you can't make your own, store-bought is fine. If your brain isn't making enough melatonin, feel free to supplement it as long as your doctor says it's okay. Um, if you're going to use melatonin supplements, though, make sure that you actually have set aside like eight hours to sleep. Otherwise, you're going to wake up feeling groggy.
0: Okay. Good to know. Good to yep. know. Um, all right. I think that that's a it's a good probably a stopping point on sleep uh, and if it, if anybody wants to read more on that they can hit the link to the article which will be linked in the comments section or wherever you're listening to this it'll be in the show notes whatever uh, unless there's anything else you want to add or to wrap this up
1: uh only other thing is caffeine is also relevant just drink okay. your last caffeinated beverage four to six hours before bedtime
0: all right right on four to six hours mm, okay i'm just yeah, like, so trying don't... to think about like my own life and if i've ever like Done Don't that. have I'm coffee like a, at 8 p.m. Yeah, that seems like a bad time to have coffee. Yes. Like, in general.
1: It, it does, but you'd are be... Are people I, doing
0: this? Yes. Kate, are people doing this?
1: I One of my coworkers uh, at my everyday, normal, standard, non-esports PT job is a student who regularly drinks coffee at 9 o'clock at night as we are closing up the clinic. That's That's too late. It's a poor life choice. And Granted. then he complains. Then he complains about getting bad sleep and not not being able to go to sleep until three o'clock and waking up at six o'clock because he has school.
0: Sure. Granted, whenever I was a student in in the school, I would have caffeine that late, but only because I was going to be staying up for much later. Yes. That, like not not hence, midnight hence as, the, a, as a bedtime. Have
1: your last caffeinated beverage four to six hours before you're trying to go to sleep.
0: Oh, that's wild. Uh, people, life decisions, man. Uh, Drug dependency, that's a fucking thing <laughs> uh, Alright, well That's that's all very good advice But we have more good advice Coming up uh, Because, uh, I don't know if you're listening to the show But we're going to talk about posture And having good posture So if you heard me say that And your shoulders didn't uh, Shoot to the back of your <laughs> To the back of your chair uh, You might have a problem uh, Let's talk about posture and, right. Or specifically Micro trauma as you know, just things that we do every day that might you know, it, it adds up. It's not just something that might happen, uh like an explosive injury all at once, but you might be like, Oh man, I'm just having like pain in this specific region. Why is that happening? It's like, Oh, because I'm all hunched over. I'm all hunchy. I'm in uh, gamer position, hundred percent Oh time. god, I'm
1: I'm the stereotypical gamer position. <laughs> Uh, there's so, all right, I got, I got a soapbox a little bit about posture because okay. there's kind of this misconception about what good posture is. Um, if I told you, um, sit with good posture, you'd probably do something like plant your feet on the floor, scoop back in your chair, sit up as straight as you can, shoulders back and down, um, arms resting on something. And you wouldn't be wrong. That's a good posture. Um, but when it comes to back pain, And when it comes to general overall health, um, there is no one single best posture. Um, Instead, your best posture is your next posture. That is the more you're moving and changing positions, the better you are. So I might sit in that nice, perfect, stereotypically perfect posture um, for, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. And then I'll change it up and I'll have one leg kind of crossed over the other in a figure four pattern. And it feels like a nice little stretch through my hip and, Then I'll sit cross-legged because I'm small and my feet don't touch the ground easily. And then I'll sit with like one leg, you know, tucked up to my chest with my elbow resting on it. Uh, I will keep shifting positions. And that is actually, in fact, the best thing that you could do specifically for your back, Um, but generally Hmm. for your health overall. Um, It's not about having one perfect posture position and staying in it. It's about changing to a variety of of Good postural positions And spending some time standing too Um, Taking like brief little breaks where you just like stand up Shake things out, Mm -hmm. maybe stretch a little if you feel like Maybe just like walk to the bathroom Because you need to pee after two hours of gaming
0: Um, I mean it says if you've played any Nintendo game It says right there at the beginning Like make sure you move around after an hour or so
1: And I have Never in my life actually like (laughs) Not clicked through that screen as fast as possible Without paying attention to it that being Fair. said, like,
2: Fair enough, doctor. it's
1: partly because, you know, it's hard to take it seriously coming from the game. It's hard to, like, consider it relevant when you're, you know, eight years old and playing Dogs, because, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Let me just go pet my puppies now.
0: Oh, man, uh-huh. I do love a Nintendogs. That's, that was some good shit. That was
1: some good shit.
0: Oh, man, my Nintendo dogs are so neglected right now.
1: But I think it's a lot easier oh, no. for us, like, nowadays. There's poop everywhere. At... Oh, God.
0: Kate, there's poop everywhere.
1: No. No. Why didn't you walk them?
0: They're so filthy. They're so filthy right now. I gotta give them a bath. Ugh. Oh. All right. Uh, Sorry for the Nintendo dogs aside. I just got all excited thinking about Nintendo dogs. Okay. Um,
1: but you know, sitting—whether you're sitting at a console, whether you're playing a mobile game, or whether you're playing on PC—shifting position should be pretty easy to do. No matter what chair you're in, um, you can be perched on the front edge. You can be reclined all the way back. You can be sitting straight up. You can be one leg crossed. You can be other leg crossed. You can be you know crossed at the ankles, crossed at the knees, crossed at the hips. Um, you can be doing knees bent up. You can be doing sitting cross legged. You can doing. St- Spending time standing. You could be doing the Rudolph if you really want to. <laughs> Are you familiar I you- I
0: don't know what the fuck you just so, said.
1: <laughs> so Rudolph is a Super Smash Brothers player from Japan, I believe. Okay. Um he he plays by putting uh three chairs next to each other and laying across them on his stomach.
2: Oh, alright. <laughs> okay. You could do
1: that if you wanted to. Um, but more important than We're... being in any one great position is shifting through a number of good ones consistently. Uh, okay. That's the single best thing you can do for your back. Yes, there are different postures that put more stress on different parts of your spine. And there's there's a widely cited uh, reference to you, you should be uh, reclined about... 100 to 110 degrees, that's the position of least stress on the spine. Well, that's the position of least stress on the discs between your vertebrae and your spine. That doesn't mean the position of least stress of muscles or of ligaments. Um, That means just of the discs. So that's one of the postures you could shift through, but it's certainly not the only posture that's going to be good for your back if you're going to be sitting for a while.
0: Mm -hmm. So like, you know, maybe you have like a transitional standing disc. Maybe that's a thing.
1: Um, I've seen folks with that. I've seen folks who have um, Two different chairs, like a regular sitting chair And then like a kneeling chair I have uh, a kneeling chair, kneeling chairs are I love great kneeling by the chairs.
0: Way. They're, They're great. fucking fantastic and like super cheap You can get one like for 20-ish bucks That is effective and good
1: Honestly, describe, like my... describe the kneeling chair too. Okay, so the, the kneeling know. chair is uh, Let's see I'm trying to think of a way to describe this that isn't like Only going to work for Catholic Kids who are used to kneeling in pews um...
0: <laughs> So for the, all the Catholic listeners <laughs> Out there <laughs>
1: Probably Catholics and ex-Catholics. It starts out like that. Um, no, so it's, it's a chair that, um, oh God, stand. let us stand. <laughs> let us pray. You're giving me flashbacks to my uh, childhood. Uh,
0: uh, Catholicism. Anyway, So a
1: kneeling <laughs> chair not only has a perch for your butt, but it also has one kind of for your shins, like the space below your knees. Um, so you're putting weight through your shins, you're putting weight through your butt, and then you're kind of sitting up straight. Some mm-hmm. of them do have like a like a chest piece that you can lean against. Um, not all of them do actually most of them don't yeah. my dream chair for like uh fighting games with with pads by the way like not with sticks but with pads definitely is a kneeling chair with a chest support so like all of us can lean forward towards the screen as much as we want and not yeah. be resting our body weight on our elbows
0: it, it, like I have that's a dream. like supported gamer position that's it that's is. it <laughs> like or have a second chair or a second platform for the stick to just be on that you can just if your arms hang down. Yep. Fight sticks right there. Ooh, boom! There you go. that problem. Idea. Man, that's it. So yeah, that is my issue with, with with the kneeling chairs. That it is tough to play fighting games on, even though it does have different levels of kneeling. I'd have to set it to the very lowest, like angle of kneeling, so that my legs are not. They're not they don't ever go horizontal like you would in a chair because it's like you're still kind of elevated a little bit might be like 30 yep. ish degrees from the ground, but like, you know, it's my, my, stick has a good grip to it, but still that's not exactly comfortable. If I want to have right. like a stick on my lap for an extended period of time, I have to put it on the desk and then it's like, it's a whole thing. Yep. Uh,
1: there, there's that, there, there's a reason why our standard kind of chair is the one that most people use because it's kind of the easiest one to use. And we've built a whole lot of setting activities around that specific design of, of, sitting furniture Mm -hmm. Uh, but all of the the postures that i referenced perfectly doable in any standard chair Um, whether you've got armrests on or off preferably on because your arms should be supported or if you're using a stick they could rest on your stick or in your lap or on a pillow Um, Mm -hmm. but changing postures is is the best quote-unquote posture
0: okay are there specific bad postures that we should avoid though
1: Yes, there are definitely postures that are more strenuous and strainful on your back, on your neck, on your shoulders. Uh, the big one that we shouldn't be spending too long in is that kind of classic pad pose where your feet are planted, you're leaned forward, your elbows are, or your forearms are resting on your thighs while you hold the stick in be- or the while you hold the pad in between them. You're kind of hunched and your head is like craned up to look at the screen. That one is, uh, that one's not great for a couple of reasons. One, it puts you in this forward head posture where you're going into a lot of cervical extension, um, which is straining on your neck over time. um, And also doesn't let you uh, give your head kind of like good, nice, neutral support, which means that you are more likely to develop headaches, specifically tension headaches. Um, Your back is in a lot more of a rounded position, which puts stress not only across your thoracic spine, but also across your shoulders because your shoulder blades are then in a protracted or rounded position. Uh, the head of your humerus is sitting further forward uh, in the glenohumeral joint. Uh, and then you're resting your body weight on your forearms at the same time that you're asking your forearms to be like the stable base for your really mobile fingers. Uh, they're, you're asking them to do double duty as a body weight support and as the stable base. And that's going to fatigue them and put you at risk for, Things like tendinopathy or epicondylitis, um, or just into general irritation and overuse of those muscle groups.
0: Excuse me. I have to try to say what you just said. Did you say epicondylitis?
1: Epicondylitis.
0: Okay. Because there are no
1: colons e- that they're getting inflamed here.
0: I, I you saying uh, Epicolondilitis. Do not search that on your. Do do not put that in Google. (laughs) Safe search off. Do not do that. Uh, I got a little scared for a second. uh, Like I don't want, or maybe I do want epicolondilitis. Who knows?
1: Uh, So an epicondyle is the uh, the kind of bony protrusion on either side of your elbow. So if you if you bend your elbow and then you feel kind of the bony points on the outside and the inside of it, those are epicondyles.
0: Cool. My uh, my. This is kind of an aside. But my mother-in-law had, like, her elbow was too pointy. It was too pointy. She had a pointy elbow, like, and she like, had she had to get it unpointed because it like it, it like broke ish. Kind of, it was too pointy. It was pointy elbow. That's not what you're explaining, but I just thought I, of that
1: <laughs> I I really want to know what she actually had, like, what the medical term for what she had now, because I'm I'm drawing a blank on condition of two pointy elbow like, i
0: don't know maybe like maybe I she has like some
1: heterotopic ossification or something i don't know
0: that sure i don't know <laughs> that sounds like words uh <laughs> but no it was just too pointy and it, it was too pointy and she she did like a, a lean down on a thing and when she put her elbow down she was like oh no my elbow's bad forever now and then she had to get a doctor to remove the pointiness and now it's not pointy anymore it was just the one just the one right. elbow.
1: it's she very one, strange two pointy elbow
0: She's a strange woman. I love her to death. Uh, but, but anyway, pointy elbow So "Don't be in that gamer position too, for too long. Yep. You might need to pay attention, but like, you know, only get into it for a little bit because you might actually benefit more from not so much leaning back, but just like being upright and not yep. causing tension on your t- tension places that you said with doctor words.
1: <laughs> one of what's like one of the best tricks that I've seen was okay, tooting my own horn here because it was actually a thing that I recommended. Um, All right, but a player I play this? <laughs> Look, if I don't get to toot my own horn every now and then, why did I even become a doctor?
2: Sure, um, sure, that's fair. So <laughs> that is so fair.
1: You know, wanting to be able to have your hands, you know, resting but also supported at the same time, like most of us, like, our our the, the upper part of our arm is not long enough that we can like just rest and relax our hands in our lap um, without you know some kind of gap in the, the upper part of the forearm and where the elbow is kind of just like hanging out there and not having anything supporting it. <laughs> um, we also all have limited travel space, so like just packing a pillow that you can like rest your arms on and your pad on isn't necessarily feasible. So I told this guy to get like an inflatable pillow, and he brought it with him to tournaments, and he'd use it as his armrest.
0: Cool. So it's um, like a totally doable thing that people It is and it would let support. him
1: like He could scoot all the way forward to the edge of his chair So he could be like leaning and looking close but like Not putting his entire body weight through his forearms His forearms are still supported his hands were relaxed Worked pretty well
0: hmm. Interesting cool Um Inflatable pillow though inflatable are you talking pillow. Like a donut or like if, you, if I just searched Inflatable pillow would something come up
1: I'm not sure what would come up if you start inflatable pillow without yeah, sleepers But if you start, yeah. if you, if you <laughs> safe, starts, it should be fine. <laughs> okay.
2: uh,
1: no, like any, like I've I've also seen like you know like the squishy bean like lap desk things that would probably also work. It's all, it takes up a little more space than you know a fully inflatable thing, but also sure. a good option. Um, anything that lets you rest and support and relax your forearms um, is going to be a good thing. It's it's going to put less strain through your shoulders, less strain on your neck. Um, and that's some of that micro trauma that you mentioned, right? The, the little things that add up over time. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that anybody in the FGC is going to be, you know, getting traumatic uh, ankle sprains. And as I say that, I am right. thinking of Jabalia and his Achilles yeah. tendon rucks there.
0: But. Yeah, totally a different issue, but...
1: <laughs> but that one was not because of what he was playing.
0: Yeah, no, he was trying wise. to work out to body slam another human being, and...
1: He did, in fact, still body slam another human <laughs> he, being. He well still did crunching.
0: it, though. You know, you more, power, more to power to him. More power to him. But there's other kinds of... But most of, of us
1: aren't going to get acute injuries like that from right. gaming. We're going to get the kind of overuse stuff that builds up over time. So rather than letting it build up over time by being in those positions that are strain and and stress on your body over long periods, change positions regularly, um, and make sure that you are kind of strengthening and stretching what needs to be strengthened and stretched. That doesn't mean that you need to stretch literally every single part of your body. In fact, that would be counterproductive. Um, it also doesn't mean that you need to stretch before every single game, because again, kind of counterproductive, you don't want to be stretching yourself out, um, Kind of outside of your your resting length tension relationship of your muscles when be you're tight. about to,
0: my to be tight. Go contract.
1: Well, yes, you want you want to be able to be reacting quickly, which means you need your your contractile tissue, your muscles, to be contracting, not super duper stretched out. And yes, if you are feeling tight, stretching is a good thing. Uh, but so is doing any kind of warm up that gets more blood flow to the muscles and get the, gets that area moving. So rather than like doing sustained static stretches right before you play um doing tendon glides doing hand opening and closing doing something even to improve increase like your whole body circulation doing like a quick set of like 10 air squats um that's like one of the most common things that i gave to my exo academy players um over the first season Mm -hmm. having them do uh as part of their warm-up first some whole body motion um to increase circulation so squats lunges there's one person who wanted burpees and i told her no
0: (laughs) pchan fuck off <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I don't know if it was pchan but i can pro- either
1: confirm or deny.
0: <laughs> but i'm pretty sure it was Chan.
1: <laughs> dude my first two exo academy players were both power lifters and it was delightful uh,
0: yeah was um, it was like, it was
1: pchan and romanova it was great
0: romanova yeah the, some of the the fittest women in the fgc <laughs> to be honest but we had
1: uh, the, we had them do you know uh, a full body kind of exercise to get circulation and heart rate up then start getting more and more specific with movement. So first we moved to, uh, improving shoulder range of motion. So we do 10 arm circles, um, then working on, uh, kind of the mobility of the forearms and wrists doing, uh, wrist circles and doing, uh, hand and, uh, finger tendon glides. So kind of progressing from general to specific, but at no time did I have them holding a stretch for 30 seconds right before they played sure. I'd have them doing that as part of a break sure i'd have them doing that as part of a cooldown. but that's the kind of thing that before you play you want dynamic movement that that gets you into the motions you're going to be doing while and after you're playing or while you're playing you want to be maintaining kind of that that same level of um alertness or um Tension. scientific term for it is actually arousal um it's nice. <laughs> not that kind uh, nice. but more like your focus your intensity <laughs> uh, your presence and your kind of competitive edge um, and then afterwards, you want to be able to bring everything, calm it back down, um, which that's the time for static stretching. Uh, right. Maybe, maybe during your break is a time for static stretching if it's kind of coupled with other things and if you have some tightness that you need to work on. Um, but stretching in and of itself is not a fix. In fact, more often than not, most of what like folks are lacking is um, strength and stability and, and motor coordination more than they're lacking like flexibility and range of motion.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because like I, I use my hands to fight. These are my weapons. They these are, are my these are my weapons of destruction. I need to protect them <laughs> the best yes. I can. Yep. Stretching afterward. long sustained stretches afterwards. Not, Stretch after, not during, yep. not before.
1: Well, you can do during if you if okay. you are tight and if it makes sense, right? Like if I'm if you know if I've just gotten through pools and you know the inner part of my forearms, the palm side of my forearms are super super tight. Um, especially, you know, if my thumb is feeling tight, I might do a wrist flexion stretch where I'm, you know, pulling my hand backwards. And then I might do, you know, kind of a thumb biased version of that stretch where I grab my thumb and pull it backwards, not just my whole wrist. Um, yeah. because that's what I'm specifically feeling tightness in, but I don't necessarily have to stretch every single part of my arm as part of my break. When the only thing that's tight is, um, that forearm and maybe you know maybe i've been hunching forward a little bit so i want to do something to reset my posture so i do a couple exercises that provide a stretch to my chest but also make my back muscles activate a little bit more because right they're kind of countering that pull forward of the hunched rounded back posture
0: interesting huh no that's cool uh so other than that though is there anything that we should be doing to protect our hands or our forearms
1: Let's see, making sure that they're supported is a big thing. Um, And by that, I literally mean, make sure there's something under them. Um, If you're working at your computer, um, then you probably want it to be, uh, armrest should be about the height of your belly button. Your keyboard should be level with that as well. Um, That might mean you have to adjust your armrest. That might mean if you are super duper short like me, that you have to tape something onto your armrest to make them go up to a high enough height. That is okay. Uh, Other things to do to protect forearms, uh, making sure that you're doing a warm up before you start playing. Making sure that you're doing stretches after you play, uh, and honestly, my secret weapon for like forearm tightness is a tennis ball.
2: Hmm. Just do squeezing. A
1: of, like, well, you can do squeezing with a tennis ball. It's a it's a good way to like warm up contractile tissue, making your muscles work a little bit. But you can also use it to do self massage. Um, so like rather than trying to get in, you know, dig into those muscles with the thumb on your other hand, which can like tire out that thumb, which feels kind of productive. Take a tennis ball um, and use it to rub kind of slow, small circles around the uh, upper part of your forearm. So the closer you get to your elbow, the kind of where that big, tight muscle is uh, using that tennis ball to self-massage one spares the other hand um, and 2 lets you get a deeper massage than you could otherwise. Smart. Tennis Smart. ball
0: to do. Any other, speaking of tennis balls, are there any other tools that you would recommend or like... Maybe I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing this out there because I don't know if there's an answer to this. We didn't we didn't prep for this, but like posture correcting or like tendon correcting uh, tools that someone might want to use, or is that like too far? Where it's like you should really talk to your doctor if something is actually wrong.
1: So if you're having pain and you've been having pain for a while, um, it kind of depends on the location of the pain and the type of the pain. So like, there's a lot of, it depends in the answer here. Well, let me see if I can give you kind of a general breakdown. Okay, Cause I'm going to say one, like,
0: I hurt in my heart because I've been on the internet for too long. Is there any correction for that? Cat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry for the interlude. Good, good catch though.
1: <laughs> um, things that are things that are useful for, so you asked about posture correctors um, as a general rule. I don't find any of them to be terribly useful, mostly because the, they they kind of rely on you maintaining that that perfect or neutral posture that I mentioned is good, but not great because changing right. postures is better. And sometimes your changing postures are not perfectly neutral back positions, and mm-hmm. that is okay. But if you're wearing one of those like posture correcting devices, it will yell at you for that. It will like either beep at you, or if you're wearing like one of the strap versions, it'll pull your shoulders back. Um, and so that can be a little bit counterproductive to increasing movement which is really the goal um but you can do something far lower tech and far more like easy to implement which is just set an alarm on your phone when the alarm goes off check your posture and see what feels tight if something feels tight stretch it and then strengthen the opposite muscles so for example if i've been sitting for a while with my shoulders kind of hunched Um, my chest would start to feel tight, my pec muscles. So I might go to a doorway and use the doorway to kind of spread my arms apart and stretch my chest a little bit. And then I would do um, 10 exercises that I I call them no monies. Um, They're basically, you're turning your palms out to your sides. It looks like you're reaching into your pockets and taking your hands out and going, I got no money. Um, And that one gets you to activate uh, the muscles that pull your shoulder blades back and together, which pulls you into good posture. So I would do, you know, a 30 second stretch. I would do 10 of these no monies and then I'd get back to playing. Um, it takes me under a minute, and it's a postural fix, and I didn't have to pay anybody any money for it.
0: The no monies is a very appropriate stretch for the FGC. Just as an <laughs> aside, uh...
1: let me know when, <laughs> when when this goes up. I will quote tweet it and attach a link to a video of me doing no monies so that everybody can see what they look like. Okay,
0: all we right. can
1: all do, we can all do and have no monies together.
0: Mm. And now I'm thinking episode titles, but anyway, uh, <laughs> anything else? Uh, we talked about posture correcting, but like uh, forearm pain, anything like that? Um, braces perhaps.
1: So, ah, uh, I get the soapbox again.
0: Okay, nice.
1: So there is a time and a place for a brace. Um, if you have pain and you rest, you have not fixed shit.
2: <laughs> you okay. have
1: rested from the pain, and as soon as you go back to the thing that was causing the pain in the first place, you're going to have it again. Uh, the only way that you get rid of pain is by changing something, and that doesn't just mean changing how much you play, because kind of that's, that's cheating and that's an out. If you want to keep playing as much as you have been, you need to change either something about your tissue or something about your setup. Um, something about your tissue means changing your strength, your motor coordination, your endurance, or your mobility which means that you are having to do exercises or stretches. Changing something about your position means just that. It might mean that you are using a slightly different style of grip on your controller. It might mean that you're making sure that your chair supports you better. It might mean that you switch from, say, a GameCube controller to a hitbox if if you need to go that drastic route.
0: Um, Yeah, I guess I was gonna ask at some point, is there a preferred like, healthiest controller?
1: Okay, look, if I could pick one ideal controller for everybody to be, to use, it would be Ultra David's um, split controller, which wow, is split box, amazing. Man. It is also totally impractical for most people to buy because it costs a lot of money. Here's um, the thing.
0: I, here, hey, Ultra David, I'm calling you out. Here's the thing why I think your split box is whack. So, <laughs> uh, specifically.
1: <laughs> no, I have I have told him in the past that I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I wish that like that's a thing that more people could get, but I recognize that because it's a non-standard design, it is going to yeah. cost more. And that like he said, made that
0: one like specifically for himself. And right, like because I totally understand Exactly. And like he yeah. like there is a reason why he uses it and it helps him play like right. and he, he is, is a, like becoming more competitive now. Like he is a
1: classic example of someone who had pain and did two things to deal with it. He changed his tissue, he goes and sees a physical therapist, and he changed his setup. He's gotten yeah. a new controller entirely so that he can play again. I'm so excited for him getting competitive again. The, um the, the thing the is thing- though any Here's you my,
0: i i have to Go call ahead. them out though i have to call it my one thing oh, about God. the the split box is that what? it disallows each hand from interacting with the other's buttons which on other device just on a regular hitbox because your hands are closer together mm. is allowable versus the split box where your hands are separate where it's not possible where there you are times where you might want to yeah like i like i like I totally understand the health benefit of that, but I'm just saying from a input perspective that it is, it is limiting versus when ah, things so are close together, but you he can bring the, it together and do that if you he want.
1: Here's the good news for your particular nitpick. Um, most of us barring serious injury, which Doctor David had, um, can adapt to kind of whatever controller we need to. Now there are some really terrible controller designs and yes, that's, that's a thing to pay attention to, but, um, the same way that the human body was not at base level designed to be able to you know, pull a fire truck or whatever crazy stuff they do in strongman competitions, we also weren't designed to sit at controllers or PCs or phones all day. Here's the great thing. We adapted to learn how to pull fucking fire trucks because, you know, somebody wanted to be able to do that. We can similarly adapt to be able to use controllers without pain because we want to fucking do that. My uh, body was
0: specifically built to caber toss. This is a caber tossing body. I can <laughs> that's what I'm built for. That and and octagonal gates. My body is built to an octagonal gate and I'll fight any motherfucker that tells me otherwise. <laughs>
1: But the way that you adapt to that controller or to the stresses that you're placing on your body might require you to do something other than just play on that specific controller. It might require you outside of your game time to strengthen, stretch, work on endurance, or work on your coordination. Mm -hmm. But it's doable. It's totally achievable. There's a reason why top players get to where they are and stay there. It's because their bodies have adapted. If you haven't adapted, you're going to have pain, and you're going to kind of, like, basically fail out unless you do something to address that pain
0: yeah now i think that's actually really good advice because if you have played on or are transitioning to a stick or even a hitbox you can you can practice inputs wherever you are you don't Mm -hmm. need the buttons you Mm -hmm. can just that's how i practiced hundred hand slaps i would just just tap on my desk throughout the day, uh, yep. if I wasn't doing anything, or just like any time of day, on just...
1: the on the motor coordination, on the muscle memory.
0: Yep, that's all it is. You can just do that any time of day if you just remember what to do. Then you know, that's that's practice. Uh, that's right. adaptation.
1: And, and similarly, for someone who's dealing with you know pain as opposed to being able to do a precise and fast input, um, you can strengthen the thing that is it, that that is weak and that as a result, your body's having to compensate and is causing you pain. So say that part of the issue is that you don't have much mobility at your wrist joint, at your intercarpals. Um, You can increase the mobility of that joint. You can do a joint mobilization um, outside of your playing time. And then when you're holding the controller with your wrist in a slightly extended position, because all of our wrists are slightly extended when we're holding a pad, um, you're gonna have that mobility back. And then all of a sudden you're not gonna be having that tendon pain shooting up and down your arm because, hey, your wrist actually moves like it's supposed to now. You've adapted and you can play.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Alright. Well, is there anything else on this topic that you would want to cover or soapbox on before we kind of shut the lights off on this episode?
1: Uh only two other pieces of equipment that I would recommend if folks Ooh, are interested. Okay. One is a foam roller. It is a cylindrical cylinder of foam um you can a cylindrical
0: use cylinder of foam i actually have one right over they're there great for rolling
1: one. out really tight muscles they're also really great for improving your spinal mobility and yeah. kind of roll up and down your back they are great they make like short versions like like a little like 12 inch version that you could totally pack for tournaments um, those are great as is something called a theracane which looks like a super weird shepherd's crook with like bulbs on the end of it um, it's really great for working on trigger points and tight spots in your upper back because you can hook it over your shoulder and then kind of massage without ever having to reach one arm way the heck back there and try and find the knot. Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen the Therocan. It is kind of it. It is. It does. It has a weird, funky-looking shape. It's like a question mark, but like also looks like could be a police baton. It's. <laughs> yep. It's. It is a device where if anyone finds it, they'll be like, "Oh, you've you've got the." epicola delitis <laughs> you've got the epicola delitis for sure with this one uh right now that's, that's you're I,
1: going to give yourself a colon delitis oh,
0: fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm so sorry oh i'm so sorry doctor you didn't
1: do yourself. <laughs>
0: uh, jesus All right, no but well. if you're looking
1: to like level up your like in in terms of um, your ability to work on tight muscle um your tennis ball is first on a defense Foam roller and Theracane are all good options for working on that as well. Awesome.
0: All right. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. But before you go, I have to ask you a line of two questions of which I believe can tell a lot about a person by the way that they answer it. Uh, I I will
1: not be ashamed of my answers, even though some people may wish I was.
0: I will not shame. I have never shamed anybody for anything. That's fact. But also not true because... Earlier
1: <laughs> it's totally so not true, you did that at the beginning of this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question one. What is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game and why?
1: All right. So uh, this is because there was a brief and glorious and shining two-day period when Street Fighter 5 first came out, during which I actually stood a chance at not losing every single match to my friends who are much better than I am. And that was because I played Kami and I spammed low heavy kick. And therefore I love Kami low heavy kick.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Why specifically low heavy kick people just not blocking the feet. Yep. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, this honestly, that was literally it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So in part two of the question, then what is was your favorite combo in any fighting game?
1: Uh, this is the part where I, where I clearly reveal myself to be a Cammy main, um, and also bad because, uh, I'm not great at my combos. I'm really not great. I think the only one that I have ever hit consistently was uh, Kemi's crouch low kick, crouch low punch, cancel into heavy kick, and then spiral arrow, um, which is lovely and beautiful, and I- I'd hit it maybe about forty percent of the time. Hmm. But that's better than everything else. Uh, so I'm going with that as my favorite combo. That's fair. Um, this is I, in my opinion, this is far better than my friend who is also named Joe, whose favorite combo is just birdie MP into bullhorn
0: so ah but that's a good one and two it's one of those things where i'm here's why i don't judge people for their combo choice or uh, normal attack choice because like it's whatever speaks to you
1: this is true
0: if it's something that one speaks to me
1: because i can actually fucking do it
0: yeah that you're capable of and you feel that empowers you then it's like that's what it is and Uh,
1: birdie mp into bullhorn speaks to joe because birdie is a large man who eats donuts what's not
0: to love there's really nothing not to love there honestly as as a joe who ate donuts this morning uh (laughs) i can i can certainly relate uh one normal size donut and then one one tiny donut
1: there
0: you go donut plus yeah (laughs) donut (laughs) plus and donut minus Uh, all right folks (laughs) that's gonna do it for an episode but before we go uh dr kate mcgee mm-hmm. physical therapist uh thank you for spending the time to, to tell us about you know all of these these good things that we can do to change our lives for the better it is much appreciated and thank you for your time uh where can people find you on the internet
1: uh they can find me at kate mcgee pt on twitter it's c-a-i-t i know there's 20 different ways to spell caitlin uh they can find me on let's see at our website one hp.org they can find me at our YouTube channel. If you search One Health Providence, you'll find us. Um, we're on TikTok now, technically, but I don't post there that often, so maybe don't look for me there. Um, I'm I'm working on my TikToking. I'm 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 old. I, is I'm, there
0: is the TikTok name TikTok Doc?
1: No, but it should have been. Why did <laughs> I not do that? lost marketing opportunity no um all right everybody I
0: think, tm 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 i'm i'm going to go register this right now if it's not already it probably is <laughs> taken, to be honest
1: no you can um you can find us mostly on one hp.org we are active all over the twitters um i'll probably pop in on the subreddit again as usual um but yeah feel free to shoot me a message on twitter anytime or uh to message us through our contact form on one hp.org
0: Awesome. All right, well again, thank you very much. Uh, and people out there, again, I you can find me at Super Joe Monday or at Reddit SF on twitter.com or head on over to our Street Fighter and just Post what's good. I, I'll see it. I'm there. Uh, don't forget, every Monday and Friday we run the tournaments, and this podcast usually goes up on Thursdays. But I've been a little weird with the schedule because you know I like to I like to have fun with it. I'm shooting from the hip this year. It's 2020. Shooting from the hip. Fuck a vision. I'm shooting from the hip. Uh, but that there's a, a tagline. Yeah. F- fuck a vision. I'm shooting from the hip everybody's all about 2020 this is the vision but i'm i'm all about wildfire i'm blind fire from the hip that's what i'm all about this year so look the fuck out <laughs> motherfuckers all right that's that's enough for a show uh i think that, <laughs> i think that's a wrap i uh, want to give one more shout out to piano Densetsu for the intro outro music it's dope as fuck give him a follow uh but that's a show folks uh, until next time take care